Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Live with Lon. Uh, so glad to have you with us. And we have a, a great passage of scripture uh, to study today um, about prayer and that I know will bring hope and encouragement to your heart. So let's get ready to dig in and remember what we study. What do we study? Say it with me. The Bible. Come on now. The whole Bible and what? Nothing but the Bible. Correct. And then we apply it to our lives. So uh, let's pray and we're ready to go. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open our hearts to your word this morning or whenever it is that we're listening. Lord, I pray that you would deliver us uh, from uh, our own passions and forgive us for our sins and fill us with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and allow us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day, not in the power of our human passions. And Father, I pray uh, that you would forgive us for the sins we've committed this week and even this day. Cleanse our heart and now make our heart soft and malleable in the hands of the Holy Spirit as we study the Word of God today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, what? Amen and amen. All right. As you know, yes, short sleeve shirt. You see it. Okay. It's July. It's hot. Okay. Now, uh, as you know, we're studying the Gospels, and we're in Luke chapter 18 today. Uh, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the very last time. And this parable that we're going to study is a parable that he tells his disciples and us uh, while he's on his journey. So, uh, without any further ado, let's look. We're in Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. And, of course, we're using the New King James Version of the Bible. All right, here we go. Verse 1. And he, that is, of course, Jesus, spoke a parable to them to this end that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. I think the old King James says men ought always to pray and not faint. Uh, uh, this is unusual in Jesus's parables in that he tells us, before he even tells us the parable, oh, what's the so what? What's the point? Uh, that we're supposed to get out of it. It's clear the point we're supposed to get out of this parable is that we should pray and never lose heart in prayer. So whatever this parable is about, uh, the message that comes out, if we interpret it properly, is a message to pray and not lose heart. Okay, you with me? Now that's how we'll know if we've interpreted it rightly, is if that's what we come out of the parable with. So, here we go, verse 2. Saying, Jesus saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. Now, here are the two main characters in our parable. A judge, an unrighteous judge. An unjust judge, uh, if this is often called the parable of the uh, unjust judge. Um, 
Uh, sometimes it's called the parable of the persistent widow, too. Uh, so anyway, this is not a godly man. Uh, he doesn't love God. He doesn't fear man. He's a very selfish man. He only cares about himself. And there's a widow in this town. And widows in the ancient Near East were uh, in a very difficult spot. They couldn't go out and work for a living. If they had no man in the house to go out and do that, uh, they had no source of income. And they were often taken advantage of and misused, which is why God talks in the Old Testament so much about his defending the widow and the orphans, the widow and the orphans, because they were defenseless uh, and, and open to terrible abuse. And uh, uh, so this woman can't afford a lawyer, so she comes to the judge herself and says, Judge, I have this adversary, we don't know anything about the adversary, and I want you to avenge me of this adversary. I want you to decide this case in my favor. All right, so, verse uh, uh, 4. And he would not for a while, the judge wouldn't. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The Greek word there means she wear me out. Now, my wife uh, warned me uh, when I preached this for the very first time, don't say anything smart or funny to try to get a laugh about this. So I'm not. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not. Okay, it is what it is. Uh, uh, but this woman uh, keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. No matter how many times the, the judge says no. You ever see the movie, What About Bob? <laughs> yeah, well, she's Bob, okay? And, and uh, she just keeps coming and coming and coming until finally the judge says, Enough! Okay. You know, he would show up at his front door in the morning, she'd be there waiting for him. He'd try to sneak in the back door in the morning, she'd be there waiting for him. No matter what he tried, she was there, and finally he said, all right, do what she wants you to do, uh, uh, because she's going to just wear, I can't take this anymore. Okay, now, that's the parable that Jesus tells. And before we go on, I want us to talk a minute here about uh, this story up to this point. The way many commentators and preachers interpret this is that uh, the widow uh, got what she asked for in prayer here to the judge uh, because she was so bulldogged and so determined and so persistent and so annoying and so wearisome that she finally just wore him down. And that we need to be the same way in prayer. We need to be uh, 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 persistent to the point that God grants what we want. Now, uh, I don't deny that we need to be persistent in prayer. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But folks, this is the wrong interpretation of this parable. This is completely wrong. Uh, to the contrary, this is not what the parable teaches. That if we're persistent enough, we will talk an unsympathetic God into finally doing what we want him to do. That is not what this parable teaches. 
And the reason I know that is because of the three contrasts in the early verses of this parable between uh, the people in the parable and God and us. You say, what do you mean? Okay, let me show them to you. Number one is the contrast between God and this judge. God, this judge is selfish. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about man. He is completely self-consumed and doesn't care about anybody else or their needs. On the other hand, our God is a loving God, a caring God, a, a, a very ever-present God who cares about the needs of people. As Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, cast all your cares on God. Why? Because he cares for you. He's not like the judge. He's the opposite of the judge. Okay, that's the first contrast. Second contrast in this parable is between the widow and us as followers of Jesus Christ. The widow was powerless. The widow had absolutely no basis on which to appeal to the judge. The widow had nothing on her side to in any way uh, uh, make the judge sympathetic to her. Uh, but on the other hand, we as followers of Christ, we are the dear children of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, all of us who have trusted Christ have become children of God by which we cry, Abba, Father. We come to God and it's his beloved children. And just like if you have children, you understand that everything that happens in your children's life, they have an inside track with you because they're your children to talk to you, to ask for your help, to appeal to you. They're your children and they have a unique access to you. Uh, that rest of the rest of the world doesn't have. We have that same situation. We are God's children, and we have unique access to God because we are his children. We're not like the widow. And finally, the third contrast is between the heart of this judge and the heart of Almighty God. The heart of this judge was completely self-centered. Uh, even when he granted the woman what she wanted, he did it for his own benefit. He did it because she was wearing him out. And to get rid of her, he gave her what she wanted. Completely self-centered heart. Whereas God has a completely other-centered heart. And when he answers prayer and when he does things, he does it out of his goodness and out of his graciousness and out of his benevolence and out of his mercy and out of his kindness uh, for others. He's not thinking about himself. If he was thinking about himself, God would never have sent the Lord Jesus to die on the cross for us. And the only reason the Lord Jesus agreed to do this as the second person in the Godhead was because he wasn't thinking about himself. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself of his own prerogatives as God and he came and died on the cross for us. So the, the contrasts here, are absolute meaning. Here's the point. That if an unjust judge who cared only about himself actually could and did help a woman who had no way in, at all to influence him 
or in any way make him sympathetic with her, how much more will Almighty God, the gracious, loving God of the universe, whose heart is knit to us as his children, and who, when we come to him, we have access to the, the Most High God, uh, continual access and influence because he loves and cares about us, how much more will that God answer our prayers, the prayers of his dear children through adoption in Christ? Are you with me? That's the point. And this is what Jesus is going to say right now. Look, he says, verse 6, And the Lord said, Do you hear what the unjust judge said? And shall God not avenge his own elect us as his children who cry out to him day and night, even though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. That's it. How much more, some translations say, will God avenge us, his lovely children in Christ? All right, so here's the point. The point is, we don't come to, uh, to God like the widow. We come as his children. He is not like the judge in that all he cares about is himself. And his heart is anxious to do kind, benevolent, helpful, gracious things to us, for us, because we are his children, and because that's just the heart of God. He's a good God. In light of that, we should always keep praying, because we're not trying to talk an unsympathetic God into finally doing what we want because we bug him enough, and we bother him enough. No, that is not the point. The point is, how much more if this widow got an uns a selfish judge to do something for her, how much more will our loving Heavenly Father do things for us if we will just persevere in prayer? So, that's the point of the parable, and that's what Jesus said at the beginning. The point of the parable is that people ought to always pray and never lose heart. Why, why shouldn't we lose heart? Well, because the God we have and the relationship we have and the way we come to him and his anxiousness to do something nice and benevolent for his children ever, all the time means that we've always got... We've always got a platform with God in prayer. And it's a mighty platform as his children. Now, we understand that. Okay. Now, that's as far as we're going to go in our passage. We're going to ask our most important question now. And what is it? Are you ready? Come on now. Here we go. One, two, three. So what? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh my Gotta say it. Gotta say it. It's a sweet day to be alive. How sweet. Come on. It is. Absolutely. Now, I got a care card when I was at McLean Bible Church. 
years ago, we used to have these uh, a visitor registration card in the bulletin, and there was a room on the back, we called it our care card, to write a message to me or a prayer request to, to, to us as the staff. And here's what I got. We'll put it up on the screen so you can read it. Here's what it said. It said, quote, Please pray for my husband, an atheist who hates Christians and especially his wife. If you really have a heart for the unsaved, then pray hard for this man. Now watch. I have prayed for him for 20 plus years and I can't pray anymore. Forgive me, Lord. End of quote. Folks, 20 years, a long time to pray for somebody. And, and I, can't, I can identify with this woman. Can't you identify with her? That um, uh, she um, is uh, uh, worn down just praying and praying and praying for this man and seeing nothing happen. So here God tells us to pray and pray and pray and never give up. And yet sometimes he goes months, years, decades without answering a particular prayer of ours. Um, so how does that fit together, uh, you say, Lon? Uh, well, uh, let's talk about that. And by the way, this is just the blinds in my window because I'm taping a little bit later today. So uh, I'm, I, don't worry about it. Okay, that's all it is. Don't pay any attention to it. Okay? Well, it's better to recognize that stuff than to have people get distracted by it. Okay, here we go. So uh, what about this? Well, friends, God often delays in answering our prayers and wants us to keep praying and praying and praying and not giving up. And I, I understand, like I said, the frustration uh, <clears throat> of this woman. I prayed 22 years for my mom's salvation. And when I got to 20, I was like, good grief, Lord, I've prayed 20 years and nothing has happened. I paid seven years for my dad, 15 years for my brother, 22 for my mother. And you start to go, holy smokes. Yeah. Well, you know, my mom came to Christ at year 22 and I often ask God, why are you, uh, why are you making me keep praying? Why, why is, is it taking so long? Now, friends, there are reasons why God doesn't answer our prayers right away, but makes us keep praying. And I'm not going to give you all of them. I don't even know all of them. Some of them are between God and himself. Uh, but one of them is to humble us. Now, you know, if God gave us everything that we wanted right this minute, the minute we asked for it, like the genie coming out of the lamp, we would be some of the most arrogant people in the whole world as followers of Christ. And, and so uh, uh, having to humble yourself and get on your knees and seek the face of God and ask again and again and persevere in prayer, it humbles us. And even when God answers the prayer, we don't get too big for our britches because after praying about it for weeks or months or years, we know where the answer came from, and, and so it doesn't go to our head. That's one reason. Uh, another reason that God often uh, makes us uh, uh, wait in prayer is to develop patience and endurance in us. You know, I read a quote one time that said, uh, the one thing 
that people want most in their leader, whether that leader is a general or an admiral in the middle of a war or a corporate CEO in the middle of a problem or a pastor of a church or whatever, <clears throat> the thing that people want most in their leaders is that they remain calm under pressure. And I can relate to that. My gosh, if the leader completely freaks out, uh, if the father of the home freaks out, if the pastor of the church freaks out, if the general commanding the troops freaks out, well, how are the troops supposed to maintain confidence and calm and, and a sense of presence? I understand that. You know, but you know, uh, oftentimes, uh, the, it's people who are uh, along in years, the, who are not 20 years old or even 30 years old or even 40 years old, but older, who have this amazing patience and calm in the middle of the storm. I remember watching the movies. We were we were soldiers with Mel Gibson. And, of course, he was portraying a true uh, a story uh, that happened in Vietnam with Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore, who went on to become a three-star general. But, but Hal Moore, in this movie, played, played by Mel Gibson, maintains the most amazing calm. It was at the Idrang Valley. Uh, they were told uh, the Americans were completely outnumbered, completely out tactically maneuvered by the Vietnamese. And he was so calm. And even uh, one of his soldiers, he said to him, we're going to win this fight. Don't you worry. We're going to win this fight. So calm. How did he get to be that way? Well, he wasn't a 20-year-old recruit. And he wasn't a 30-year-old uh, uh, captain. Uh, and he wasn't a 40-year-old major. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel who had had uh, experiences in life that had developed patience and calm and endurance in his life. And friends, this is what God teaches us in prayer by making us wait and persevere. We learn patience. We learn how to be calm uh, even and endure even in the toughest situations of life. It develops our, our, our ability to be good leaders, to be good fathers, to be good mothers, to be, be good parents, whatever. Uh, and another reason that God sometimes delays answering our prayers, and we've talked about this in the last few weeks, is that God's busy uh, getting all the clickers ready to click in with something else going on, and he just needs us to hold. So, you know, uh, for example... Uh, Joseph is in jail, and God says, hold. I've got to give Pharaoh dreams and do all this other stuff, and when, I, when I've gotten all that ready, then we'll put this together. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, so he had to put Joseph on, on hold uh, while he got the rest of this stuff ready. And so uh, sometimes God says to us, no, you just need to go into neutral for a minute. I've got some other things I'm getting ready, and then I'll match you all up. So that may be another reason why God doesn't answer prayer, uh, is he's in the middle of, of trying to get everything ready to make that answer for you and me, and he just needs us to be patient. Okay, that's another one. But that's, those aren't the ones I want to talk to you about. The one I want to talk to you about is that often God delays in prayer answering because he wants to grow us spiritually 
And the way to grow us spiritually is to make us go down deep into Christ, looking for sustenance. Um, uh, you know, when an oak tree is, uh, is, is very strong, because when the water dries up at the surface, the oak tree goes down deep looking for water. And that means the roots are deep, so the tree is strong. Uh, trees that grow up in the marshlands and in areas that are swampy where there's all this water on the surface, those trees are not strong. Their roots never basically leave the surface because they've got all this water on the surface and they can easily be pulled over or blown over. Uh, but trees that are forced to go deep to get sustenance and water are the ones that are strong. My friends, the same is true of followers of Christ, of Christians. When God forces us, he, he doesn't want all the water to be right on the surface because we would, ne we would never develop into strong uh, people with deep roots in Christ. Uh, so he lets the water dry up on the surface. He doesn't answer all our prayers right away. And he makes us go deep into him in prayer, uh, seeking uh, answers to prayer. And, and you know, after having done that with my mom and my dad and my brother, um, it taught me so much about just knowing God was going to answer when he was ready and, and, and not, not doubting him and having a completely different relationship with him uh, than I had when I was a young Christian. And everything was on the surface for me. Uh, and it was wonderful. It was a blessing uh, uh, that, that God made me go deep. And there have been other things in my life, my friends, that I've prayed about for years and years and years. And God answers some of them right away. Yeah, but the others he didn't. And there's some I'm still praying about. And I've been a believer 50 years. There's some things I'm still praying about that happened decades ago. Uh, but you know what? It's all right. I'm calm about it. Because I know from having done this before, from having prayed a long time for things previously, I know when my God is ready, my God can handle anything, and my God will answer my prayers. I know that. And so I'm calm and relaxed about the whole thing. And this is something that happens to Christians, uh, not just to soldiers, uh, not just to uh, uh, corporate executives, but to Christians who have to, have to go deep into Christ uh, in prayer and continue to go deep, uh, uh, seeking the sustenance of God and eventually the answers of God. So if God's making you do that, my friend, it's okay. Don't give up, like this lady said. Maybe you've been praying for 20 years? Fine. Pray for 25. Pray for 30. Uh, some prayers may not be answered until you're on the shores of heaven, uh, my friends. Uh, uh, that's okay. What did Jesus say? Always pray, never give up. Now, I've got a great quote. Sometimes God sees uh, that we need physical sickness for the good of our souls more than we need healing 
for the ease of our bodies. And then we must be willing for a season because there is need to be in heaviness. But when God sees that the work is done for the good of our souls, that is, remember, and we need healing, we shall have it. Now, that's not just true about physical healing, my friends. That's true about everything in our life. Sometimes we need God to say no uh, for the good of our souls uh, rather than for the ease of our bodies. And when God's finished doing what he needs to do for the good of our souls, then he will answer and we will have what we need. And the only way you learn to believe that is letting God put you through it and experiencing it by having to go deep in prayer and long in prayer with Christ. Okay, well, don't give up. As Winston Churchill said in one of his speeches during World War II, let me put it on the screen, he said, never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in. And this is how we should be in prayer. Don't get discouraged. You've got a God who's listening. You've got a God who's interested. You've got a God who is sympathetic. You've got a God who is good and merciful and kind and benevolent. You've got a God who loves you as his child, the way you love your children, you've got a God who is omnipotent and doesn't even have to snap his fingers. He can simply think the thought and your prayer will be answered. Don't you give up. He'll answer when for the good of our souls, he's done what he needs to do. May God bless you and give you fortitude in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for speaking to us today. And every one of us here, every believer in Jesus here, has unanswered prayers that we're still praying about. For some of us, it's been a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, more. But Lord Jesus, I pray that you would encourage us today to never give in, never give up, to pray and not lose heart. And Lord Jesus, when you are done, with whatever reason why you are delaying this, we know that you will answer. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you for your encouraging word today. Apply it to our hearts and make us strong in prayer. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Okay, God bless you. Let's have a week where we endure in our prayers. God bless.